Welcome to this episode of A Pastor and a Rabbi Walk Into a Bar. My name is Matt Rosenberg. I'm the rabbi of Restoration in Seattle, Washington, and my partner uh, in crime, which isn't true, we said, well, last time, we're partner in clergy. <laughs> Uh, Sean Hennessy, pastor of Life Church, is not uh, here with us today. Uh, so joining us in his stead is the location pastor of Life Church uh, Green Bay, Dallas Cox. Welcome, Dallas, to another episode. Yes, thank you for having me back. Yeah, you got a bro? Did you know for us? Tell I me do. something I don't know. I have a bro. Did you know? Actually, I have a couple, but I I want to I want to just do one. But I didn't usually, I, I didn't, yeah, I didn't even tell you about this. So you're going to come surprised. It's going to oh, be yeah. a real bros, did you know? Bro, did you know that Shakespeare invented more than 1,700 words? Hmm. So it says here, Shakespeare wrote some of the most beloved and revered pieces of literature the world has ever known. But in order to craft his plays and poems, he sometimes resorted to making up his own words. In fact, it's said that he came up with more than 1,700 words, including moonbeam, laughable, eyeball, which that blew my mind. What? Bump, puking, <laughs> champion, bedroom, excitement, and zany. What? That blew my mind. Because some of those, I was like, okay, I get and it. They were never used before. Until Shakespeare, they're saying. Mm, but like, like bedroom? It's like Dr. Seuss. Like eyeball? <laughs> what did we call eyeball before eyeball then? Right. In English. <laughs> we're talking about, he made up words in English that were never used before. That's that's what he's saying. Then he must he just call them eyes. Yeah. So he's like, but what do you call this though singular eye? And he's like, it's a it's an it's eye, a ball. It's an eyeball. <laughs> well, it's like the shape of a ball. I was playing with a ball the other day. Yeah. It's like an eye ball. Oh, yeah. And, well, and how did he come up? How do you come up with the words like zany? Zany, I yeah, that one because this is this is zany. Yeah. He just crazy? You know zany what? is like wacky? I think I think Shakespeare got cocky. Wacky tobacky. He's like, what does zany mean? It's like it just means zany. And I'm like, all right. <laughs> Shakespeare said it. We're believing uh, right. it. Right. <laughs> uh, I guess Bill said so. Yeah. And uh, that's how it. Well, that's very interesting. Yeah. Zany bedroom. Be- yeah, that's another one where I was it's like, a room where the bed is. Yeah. <laughs> what did we call bedroom before that? Huh? Hey, go sleep in the room. The room. <laughs> Which one? The one with the bed. You mean the bedroom? You mean what are you oh, doing? <laughs> the bedroom. That is. Wow. It's just, it's just. It's kind of. Is that's funny? And, it's laughable. And none of that is. Is that? Is, <laughs> that, is, that is a laughable situation. Can I tell you something else that's laughable? Yeah. Uh, there's a lot of worship songs we sing <laughs> in churches. That is a great segue. That uh, <laughs> m- not only mispronounce Hebrew words, mm-hmm. but make them into kind of silly. I'll give you the not just in a song, but I'll give you a simple Pentecostal example. And I am no Hebrew scholar. Yeah, I mean, I did Hebrew in seminary. I can read. Um, I can't translate 
on my own. So I know some of you are like, but you're a rabbi. And I'm like, yeah, I know. I should, I should be better at Hebrew, but I mostly speak and read and preach in English. Yeah. So, um, but there's some funny things like, um, like Pentecostals always do the Shekinah glory. You remember, oh, you, you remember yeah. the, the Shekinah, that's the Shekinah glory. glory. Yeah. Um, but that is not even close what? to how you pronounce the word. The word in Hebrew is Shekinah. Shekinah. Yeah. The Shekinah glory. Shekinah. <laughs> the Shekinah. And essentially... I mean, it's like the presence of the Lord, but you can also, it's basically saying glory, glory. <laughs> you're like saying the word in a mispronounced, you're mispronouncing the Hebrew and then you're automatically translating the mispronunciation of the Hebrew and you're basically just walking around going glory, glory. Glory, glory, hallelujah. Right, which you might as well, you know, so that's kind of a funny, so it's funny how that, you know, things kind of, yeah, translate and become, you know, there's all these words in, um, well, you know, like this names of God, like there's uh, all these Jehovah somethings. Yeah. Um, and Jehovah is a pretty late entry into the game in English in terms of um, pronouncing God's name. Um, but then typically what's attached to it is often mispronounced Hebrew. So mm. the, probably the most famous is Jehovah Jireh. Yeah. But the word is not Jireh in Hebrew. It's Yireh. <laughs> Yireh. Yeah. Yeah. So the song from Elevation, right, is Jireh. You are enough, which is also funny because Jireh doesn't mean you are enough. That would actually be a better Hebrew word for that. Okay. Is one we use during Passover. Mm -hmm. um, and the word is Dayenu, which means it would have been enough. Wait, we can still make this work. Dayenu. <laughs> you are enough. Yeah. yeah. So it's funny that they take a Hebrew word, they totally massacre it, they turn it into a... <laughs> um, and then the English that follows it is not... I mean, Yure means provider, um, so you are enough sort of makes sense because he's our provider, but nobody connects if one, obviously they don't know Hebrew cause they're not saying the Hebrew, right? Yeah. Two, the people who are singing it really have no idea what it says, except somebody told them that gyra means provider. Yeah. And you are enough would be actually a different Hebrew word. Well, several, you could say that several ways, but you know, there's an important, like, um, you know the verse in uh, when Paul says, "My my my grace," and the Lord said, "My grace is sufficient for you." Yes, I mean he's writing in Greek. Yeah, but as a Jewish person and as one who is connected to the celebration of Passover, the phrase is um, he's actually saying the Hebrew word from that we use in Passover, which is "dayenu," um, which means it would have been enough. So we go through all these like it's fifteen stanzas in Passover. Yeah. Where you say, even if God only freed us from Egypt mm -hmm. and didn't part the Sea of Reeds, yeah, Dayenu, it yeah. would have been enough. If he had only parted the Sea of Reeds and not brought us into the promised land, mm -hmm. Dayenu, it yeah. would have been enough. If he had only led us into the promised land and not given us the temple, Dayenu, 
Yeah. Like we go through this, this very meaningful part of the Passover celebration. And it's the idea that you apply this word in your life to, if God had only given me what I have right now and nothing else, or he had only yeah. done this and Dayenu, it would have been enough. So it, that reminds me, like the first thing that came to my mind is Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego. Uh-huh. When they are, when those are their slaves' na- slave I know. names. You're the second person to say that. Yeah. I wish I remembered that. Azariah, Hananiah, and Mishael. Mishael, yes. Yeah. Now, when Hazariah, <laughs> Mananiah, uh, yeah, Shadrach, Meshach, and When they went, I love that they said that you can throw us in the fire, but we will be saved. And even if we don't, right, we still won't bow. Yeah. So that I think that would be the it, probably a similar term, even if he doesn't. Yeah, I'm. St- I, I'm we expect him to mm-hmm. do good things. We expect him to yeah. save us and to rescue us. Yeah. Um, but we were told not to bow down. Yeah. To idols. Yeah. And we're not gonna. So you, even if so he, he doesn't, even if he doesn't show up, we'll just die. Mm-hmm. <laughs> and I think that's <laughs> yeah. that's so important because yeah, I think huge. we, if you have this mindset as a believer that, well, yeah, I have a relationship with Jesus because of what he's done, mm-hmm. and that's great, mm-hmm. but you should also be grounded in who he is and, and who, and who he can be for you. Because if it's just on what he's done. Yes. And, and when he doesn't do what yes. you need him to do, mm-hmm. then is your relationship on not what on a, not a firm foundation. Right. I talked about this when I, good. I, I, I talked about this <laughs> a firm foundation. Yeah. Yeah. No mispronunciation there. Uh, yeah. I talked about this when I preached at life church. Yeah. Well, um, and the idea when we pray that you start with adoration, yes. there's like this pattern to prayer, adoration, petition, and gratitude. That's about 200 years older than Jesus. Mm-hmm. And they certainly would have prayed in that order. Yes. The Lord's prayer is a summary. Um, it's uh, he summarizes a longer prayer that was already in place called the Amidah, yeah. which has 18 parts, but they're broken into those sections, adoration, petition, and gratitude and adoration is about recognizing who you're praying to. Yes. Yes. Right. Now, sometimes in the scriptures, God adds what he did to his name. Mm -hmm. I am the God who brought you out of Egypt. Yeah. Right. And it literally then in the rest of scripture becomes um, a part of his name. He is the God, but it's why we open with things like, um, you know, the God of Abraham, the God of Isaac and the God of Jacob, because that's how he is defined in the scripture. And it's important that you recognize who you are praying to. And even when God shows up to, um, to Moses and shows himself, um, really just shows his back. Mm -hmm. And Moses says, um, I want to see your glory. Yeah. And the Lord answers him um, with attributes mm-hmm. of who he is. Um, and those attributes then become a part of his actual name. So he says, so the Lord spoke to Moses face to face in Exodus 33 and he says, show me your glory. And he says, okay, I'll pass. Verse 19, I will cause all my goodness to pass before you and call out the name of the Lord before you. Yes. So this is God saying, this is my name. 
He's calling out his own name. Mm-hmm. I'll be gracious towards you, and I will show mercy on whom I will show mercy, which is also an amazing yeah. phrase that comes up later. I will show mercy to whom I show mercy. Yeah. Yikes. Um, so he says uh, his, his glory passes, and he expresses who he is. He, like, I am the gracious God, the compassionate yes. God, slow to anger. You know, and mm. all those things become a part of his name. Yeah. And it's important that when we pray, mm-hmm. that we pray with the names that God uses for himself. Yes. It's interesting you said that. So I've been a Jesus person for probably 20, all right, let's do the math real quick, 98. Uh, so 20, 20, 25 years. This is my first time saying a prayer this morning, saying, you know, uh, Lord God of Abraham, Isaac, and Jacob. Mm. But what I found, because I like to write down my prayers, is I had more things to be thankful about today than I think I've had ever. Mm. There's there's times where I, because I agree, I think years ago I was reminded to be thankful before you ask for requests. So you kind of said that the other day in your message that sometimes we just go to request, but you know what? We should, you know, the example of the Lord's prayer, it, it starts with yeah. Thanksgiving. Right. Um, adoration. So, adoration. Our Father who is in heaven. Yep. And yeah. so there was parts of me that was like, okay, I struggle because I want to I want to start by being thankful. But there's sometimes the request is in my head mm-hmm, mm-hmm. that I go, okay, I, I want to be thankful. And so I, I, so in my head, I go, I need to give him something to be thankful about before I can give my request. Right. And so God, thank you. And there's been times and there's nothing wrong with this, but I just say, God, thank you for another day. Right. Now, sometimes we can minimalize another day, but the fact that we got another day and others didn't is a reason to be thankful. But that's sometimes that was my only thing. Mm-hmm. All right, God, thank you for another day. Now, get ready. I'm mm-hmm. coming with a request. Mm-hmm. Today, I said, Lord God of Abraham, Isaac, and Jacob, thank you. And I probably thanked him for five things that just came to my head. And so there, it's interesting that there was something powerful identifying him mm-hmm. and then what that did for my mind, what, what that did for my Thanksgiving. Mm-hmm. To go, okay, I'm talking to you. I'm not talking to anything but you. Right. That when I say God, I'm talking about you. When I say Lord, mm-hmm. which is interesting too, mm-hmm. because a lot of times my prayers is the word Lord. Yeah. And we just discussed something that was interesting about Lord. Yeah. How we can use Lord in the wrong way. And maybe we're talking to a different Lord. And so- Right. Change- well, in Hebrew, the word Lord is Adon. Yep. And it can be used for like, you know, master, like a uh, master of a servant or a Lord or somebody who lords over people. It's even used in the scripture as like when the scriptures say God is the Lord of Lords. Yes. It's the Lord, his name. Mm-hmm. Um, and then of Adon's. Yes. Like of Lords. They're two different words. Yeah. Um, so yeah, he's part of his title is there are like all kinds of lords that have positions, you know, over people. Yeah. Um, and then he is the Lord that is above yeah. all of them. So I would say uh, for people listening, because maybe you're going to get a little irritated right now going, oh my gosh, are we getting legalistic with our prayer time? Don't you know that's my most intimate time? I just did it for one day, guys. 
Yeah. And I've already felt a difference in my prayer life over 25 years of praying. I did it in one day mm-hmm. and I'm already feeling more adoration, more thanksgiving, more thankfulness, and honestly, more peace about things that I have to do that I don't want to do, that I have to say that I don't want to say, that that there are things that God's leading me to start. I mean, I feel more peace in that because of that. And so you could say, well, it's being, oh, you're being over-religious and things like that. No, I just want to make sure I'm talking to the right dude. Yeah. Have you ever been on the phone with someone and they, you think they're the right person and you give them all the information and then they stop you and then they go, Hey, actually, I, no, 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 I'm not the right guy. Hold on a second. You go, ah, yeah. Like I already gave my bank account and I'm halfway yeah. through my social security number. What and is happening right now? <laughs> Don't do that. No. Yeah, I, I, yeah. exactly. Well, but listen to this. So when, when God says his names, this is what we call in Judaism, you call them the 13 attributes of God. Cause they're the 13 things God called and said about himself. Yeah. So when he passes Moses, in Exodus 34, it says the Lord passed before him and proclaimed, this is uh, verse six, the Lord Adonai passed before him and proclaimed the Lord, the Lord compassionate. And that Adonai, when it says Adonai, or it says the Lord in capital letters in some translations, that is the like... Um, it's God's name that he told Moses to use when the people asked, who should I, he says, who should I say sent me? And he says, yud Hey vav Hey are the four consonants yeah. of the name. And it essentially means he will, like he is who he is. Yeah. And it doesn't matter what you think. <laughs> right. Yeah. Um, so it says the Lord, the Lord, those proper names of God, the compassionate and gracious God, slow to anger, abundant in loving kindness and truth, showing mercy to a thousand generations, forgiving iniquity and transgression and sin, yet by no means leaving the guilty unpunished, but bringing the iniquity of the fathers of the children upon the children's children to the third and fourth generation. That's a long name, bro. Yeah. <laughs> but, th- <laughs> but think about it this way. Yeah. And, you know, talking about legalism and perhaps that's a good direction to go as well. Cause I think people misunderstand what legalism is. Yes. Um, but this is what God said about himself. Yes. When he, Moses said, show me your glory. Yeah. So God passes him. He essentially says, you can't really see me. Yeah. Mostly because if you see God, you die. Mm-hmm. Like you can't stand in the presence of the almighty God, Mm. Um, especially then. We can by the blood of Jesus, but I don't think most followers of Jesus take that seriously enough. Yeah. Um, But if you start your prayer with Lord God, the compassionate and gracious God, slow to anger and abundant in loving kindness and truth, showing mercy to a thousand generations, forgiving iniquity and transgression and sin, yet by no means leaving the guilty unpunished, but bringing the iniquity of the fathers upon the children and upon the children's children to the third and fourth generation. <laughs> yeah. There's like a, it's a recognition of who you're speaking to. Mm-hmm. And, you know, the book of Hebrews tells us to go boldly before the throne of grace. Yes. But going boldly before the throne of grace means I don't really belong here. Yeah. I recognize that because of the blood of Jesus, I'm allowed to stand here and speak to you. Yeah. And that's really a privilege. Well, it's, it's, and it's really awesome. Some and thank you. Some commentators believe when they said the word boldly, they meant like you get a free speech. 
that you have a confidential speech with that, right. that when you're bold, you're like, hey, I'm just telling you everything that's on my mind right now. Yeah, and you hear people preach. Like, I know there's kind of this trend over, I don't know, the last few years where people call God daddy. Oh. And like, you know, you're like- If you do that, hey, I, Dad, I apologize. I just want to, yeah, can I just have the keys to the car? Yeah. And there's, the idea behind it is is right in yeah. the sense that, there, there, there is like a, it, it, there is an intimacy, and it's not all formal. Yeah. But if you, but if you let go of all of the formal, then you forget. Yes. You know, it's sort of like, uh, you know, there's always jokes in like TVs and movies of the kid who's like mad at their parent, and they start calling them by their first name. Yeah. Right. And it's like, don't call me by my first name. Yeah. But that's what everyone else calls you. Yeah. Yeah, but I'm dad to you. Yeah. You know, like. There's a there's a position and authority. It's not just friendship and relationship. It's the relationship is also uh, there's like a, a a reminder that we don't belong in this space. But because of the grace and mercy of God, mm-hmm. He allows us to. And how much would it change your prayer? Yes, if you start with the thirteen attributes of God that He said Himself. Like, what do you say after that? Mm-hmm. Lord, Lord, compassionate and gracious God, slow to anger, abundant, loving, kind, showing mercy a thousand generations. Can I, could you just help me pass this test? Well, and it's, it's, well, and that's, <laughs> so it's interesting because even me saying, so even as I, as I think, come boldly to the throne of grace, yeah. that in a way, when we put ourselves, you know, under the authority, yeah. it gives us access. Yeah. But when you're under the authority and you get that access, the boldly should be, just being transparent and honest and real because you understand this isn't me trying to mm. tell you what mm-hmm, to do. Mm-hmm. I I understand that the reason I'm here is because I'm under your authority. Right. And so therefore I know that I can be real and honest and myself because I know that when I'm under your authority, you can do all things through me and for me. And so I'm not going to come and say, Hey, I, 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 I have three wishes. Mm-hmm. I'm going to come and say, God, I need your help right. with this anxiety. I, I need your help. Bottle, <laughs> we are putting songs in people's heads. <laughs> no, I, we, we talked about gyra and then we were like, well, yeah. it should say this and this. And we were making jokes, but you know, it got in people's head after that. Well, and, but that's part of the problem. And this is part of the problem where we started. And I, I don't think it's bad to sing those songs. They're, they're good songs. I, yeah. I like the songs. Yeah. I, I just, I just wish there was more thought. And, and purpose into if if we're gonna use Hebrew and I mean everybody should yes like it, first it's what Jesus spoke yeah and well still speak I mean he speaks all the languages yeah but on his life on earth he spoke Hebrew and Aramaic and um, if you're gonna say the words you just it's you should learn what they actually are oh yeah so you know the song it wouldn't be Jara you are not it would be and I actually think it sounds better if you say Ye Ray you are enough yeah like but then also you are enough is well that's not even really what the word means <laughs> I, you know I, yeah I, I don't think it means people shouldn't sing the song no right? I, I want to yeah. be clear and I don't think it means you can't say daddy like I understand that some people need that. Yes. Maybe they didn't have a good relationship with their dad and their like earthly dad. Mm-hmm. And they're kind of trying to understand that relationship with more intimacy with God. Yeah. I, I get that. Like I'm not discounting that. Um, I, I, but I think you can err to the side of like um, of intimacy mm-hmm. and lose the 
gratitude for being able to even stand and speak with him. Yes. And I think there's something about allowing your faith to go beyond surface level. You know, well, this is what I was taught. This is what I was told. This is what mm-hmm. I read. This is, and, and, you know, I even said it yesterday that, you know, the thing I love about memorizing scripture is that I, that I allow God to continually transform that scripture in my head. That right. I, sometimes I can have scriptures in my head that I have a definition or a mindset of, yeah. but a year later, God can go, go now, now this is, now you're, you're mature enough to understand at this level. And you go, oh my goodness. Yeah. You know, because Proverbs three, five, and six is something that my first thing I remember is, you know, trust in the Lord with all your heart and lean not in your own understanding and all your ways acknowledge him. You'll keep your path straight. I think the first time I memorized that scripture to me, it was interpreted as, well, just keep trusting. Mm-hmm. Just keep trusting. Don't, don't lose that, you know, yeah. don't lose that trust. Um, but then as I matured, it, it, certain things popped out more than me. Trust the Lord with all your heart which we talked about is not just the heart as much the mind. So mm-hmm. trust in the Lord with all of your mind mm-hmm. and don't lean on your understanding. Mm-hmm. So your way of doing things. Mm-hmm. So when you're in struggles and when you're in things, don't go to your way. Yeah. Trust his way. Well, how do I trust his way? You have to know his way. Mm-hmm. And then it says in all your ways, acknowledge him. Meaning and everything I do, I don't do it without you. I do everything with you. Yeah. In all of my ways. Yeah. And then he promises when we do it like that, your path will be straight. Right. So when you don't have a straight path, am I going, okay, what, what was out of balance? Right. Did I trust God with everything? Yeah. Did I, did I acknowledge him in everything? If I didn't, that's maybe that's why this path isn't as straight as I wanted it to be. So, yeah. But that took years of me, not just, oh, I have it understand. I have, I have it memorized. No, right. no, I want to under, I want it to be memorized and I want to dig deeper with it to have even more of an understanding and for it to come more alive in my life. Right. The next verse in Proverbs 3 is uh, after that. Verse 7. Which I don't feel like most people memorize. <laughs> no. Well, it's funny because I talked about how verse 9 talks about honor the Lord with your wealth. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> so, Do not be wise in your own eyes. Fear the Lord and turn away from evil. It will be healing to your body yes. and refreshment to yes. your bones. Yep. Yeah. Like, but I don't know that people really understand what the fear of the Lord is. Oh yeah. Right. It doesn't mean you're supposed to be afraid of him. It's the recognition Mm -hmm. um, that being in his presence could mean death. Yes. It's not, I'm not going to die because of the blood of Jesus, Mm -hmm. but that's my only entry. Yeah. I don't get to stand before the throne of the creator of the universe. Yeah. Without the covering. Yep. It goes back to the priesthood, right? The priesthood in yeah. the Old Testament had to uh, wash themselves mm-hmm. and go through this process of being cleansed. They would clean all of their clothes yeah. and, and they have to make sacrifices for themselves and their yeah. own sins yeah. before they go in to make sacrifices for the nation yes. of Israel, which is why the book of Hebrews says, Yeshua who was without sin. Yeah doesn't have to make him sacrifices for himself because he's a better high priest because he didn't have any sin. And so uh, his sacrifice is uh, effective at my favorite, one of my favorite theological words is efficacious. Mm -hmm. 
Mm-hmm. He, it is effective for us. Um, and he's not like all the others that had to wash themselves before they go in. Yeah. And in some sense, we don't have to do that now. We can go before him, but the way we wash ourselves is with the blood of Jesus. It functions the same way as what the priesthood um, did. So, you know, fearing the Lord is not being wise in your own eyes. Yeah. Right? Like, I belong here. You're my daddy. <laughs> I'm trying to find a scripture real quick because I want to make sure I quote it right. Because yeah. it's funny that you said that, uh, you know, that the fear of the Lord. Yeah. And so I'm trying, I want to make sure I find it right. I'm, I'm, yeah. I'm literally- one of my One of my life verses is Proverbs 9, 10, which is the fear of the Lord is the beginning of wisdom mm-hmm. and knowledge of the Holy One is understanding. Yeah. How do you find knowledge of the Holy One? Well, let's start with where he defines, how he defines himself. He is a gracious and compassionate God, slow to anger, right? Like Mm -hmm. if you remind yourself of that, Mm -hmm. then the way you approach him is different. Yeah. Look, I, I know you're a compassionate God and slow to anger. So I know you're not angry with me, but you know, I always quote Psalm 51 when, I mean, I, do it basically every day because mm-hmm. it's always in my head against you. You only have I sinned and done what is uh, evil in your sight. Do not take your Holy Spirit from me. Um, you know, wash me with hyssop and I will be clean. Um, you know, you go through, if if you pray the scriptures yeah. as your own prayers, if you call God by the names that he names himself, yeah, um, it changes the way you pray, I yeah. think in a really healthy way. So I remember the scripture where it said, kind of work out your salvation yeah. with fear, and, fear trembling. and trembling and thinking. And I'm so glad that I had this moment because every time I see that, I remember the first thing came my mind is I pictured myself in the corner crying and, and God pointing going, this is true service, you know? Right. And so, but I'm thankful that, God didn't allow it to stay that way. And I was challenged, hey, look up the original word of fear. Look mm-hmm. up trembling. Mm-hmm. You know, look that up. Mm-hmm. And so to fear is to be in awe of God. And to, you know, that he is he is big and he is great and he is grand. And trembling is was a is an active emotion, they were saying. Yeah. So I am actively in awe of God. And right. that's how I serve. That's how I worship. That's how I, that's how I uh, work out everything is I'm actively mm-hmm. in awe of God. Mm-hmm. And that's going beyond surface level. Yeah. I could have stated, well, I just got a fear and I got to be afraid, mm-hmm. you know? And, and, you know, we heard a story the other day about a guy who was like, yeah, that's, that's how I do it. I'm just afraid that he could, you know, he could do whatever he wants. And I'm like, no, that's not it. But we've committed to surface level. And I wonder if that causes people to walk away from the faith because they're like, you know, I don't like what the Bible says. Yeah, you mean, you mean, and we're finding out uh, uh, a book that was not originally written in English, that even as it was transcribed, there were still some phrases we were like, oh, actually, like you, you talked about the word soul. Yeah. You know, that we thought yeah. the word soul and we ran with it. Right. And, but when you study, you go, oh, because the point is, and, and that's another thing too, is, well, it says this in the Bible. 
Yeah. Yes, but what does it say in the context? What yeah, does it say in what, the original language? Yeah. So yeah, that's what Tim Mackey from the Bible Project talks uh, a, a lot about um, the modern context we put on ancient words. Yes. And the uh, and the difficulty is you have to understand some co- some of the context of the ancient word yeah. before you apply it to a modern context. Yeah. But what often happens is we take ancient words out of context mm-hmm. and uh, and put modern context into it that doesn't fit. Oh, yeah. Right? Um, you know, the best example of that is Jeremiah 29, 11. Oh, yeah. For I, have, for I know the plans I have for you. I know some of the people listening are probably drinking a mug with that verse on it right now. Yes. For I know the plans I have for you, says the Lord's plans to prosper you um, and to give you hope. Let me, let me pull it up. Uh, 29, 11. But here's what's funny about that chapter. Mm-hmm. <laughs> for I know the plans I have in mind for you declares the Lord plans for peace not calamity to give you a future and a hope mm-hmm. one who's speaking uh, but well, yeah, the Lord the Lord and yeah. who he's, who is he speaking to he is speaking to Jeremiah no yeah yeah through Jeremiah yes who's Jeremiah speaking to Israel I yeah, it, maybe. Yeah. <laughs> now I'm looking at the scripture too. I'm like, I don't want to look like a dummy right now. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. He is speaking to mm-hmm. Jeremiah is prophesying. Yes. To the Northern kingdom, mm-hmm. Israel, that they're going to be taken captives into Babylon. Yes. Before they're captives in Babylon. Yep. Right. He also did it in Jeremiah 25, mm-hmm. in Jeremiah 25 and in Jeremiah 29 it's all even before they're taken yeah. and nobody listens to him. Yep. Nobody listens until at the end mm-hmm. of the 70 years that they are in Babylon. Yeah. Exiled by God mm-hmm. because we didn't let the land rest yep. for the Sabbath years, 490 years. So 70 Sabbath years. Yeah. He sent us into Babylon. Yeah. Right, it's at the end of that seventy years that the prophet Daniel is reading this. Yeah, he's reading Jeremiah, and he realizes the verse right before. For I know that I have the plans for you, verse ten. Yep. For thus says the Lord: After seventy years for Babylon are complete, mm-hmm. I will visit you and fulfill my good word towards you to bring back to bring you back to this place. Yes, so. He's speaking to people who are in the midst of calamity, mm-hmm. who feel like they have no future or hope. Yeah. Like, because they're in a land that's not even ours. We had the promised land. We lost the promised land because of our own sin. And, and, and Jeremiah says this after now they're in Babylon. 25, he predicts yeah. that you're going to be taken to Babylon. They're taken to Babylon. 29, he says, after 70 years. Yep. You'll be brought back. Nobody listens. Yeah. But Daniel's reading the scroll of Jeremiah at mm-hmm. the end of the 70 years after Jeremiah has already died. Yeah. Because Jeremiah dies right at the beginning of the 70 years after he writes these things. 
Yeah. We call him the weeping prophet because nobody listened to him. He just cried yes. all the time. Yeah. Right. And, and Daniel, after Jeremiah is dead, is reading this and goes, oh my gosh, we're only here for 70 years. Yeah. And those 70 years are almost up. Yeah. I have a challenge now. Because- for I know the plans <laughs> I have for you, says the Lord. Yeah. Right. Then the verse after. Yeah. Verse 12. Then you will call on me yep. and, and come and pray to me yep. and I will listen to me. To you, you will seek me and find me. And when you search for me with all of your heart, you will find me. But this is all about this exile that was on us. Yep. Because we didn't do the things God asked us to do. Mm -hmm. And he sent us into exile. It wasn't Satan. Yeah. It wasn't the enemy. Mm -hmm. We weren't in a bad spot because the enemy was just attacking us. Yeah. God did it. Yep. We didn't listen. Yep. And then he says... Daniel's reading it in the midst of this and goes, oh man, God's going to bring us back because, well, go back to the name of God because he's a compassionate yes. and gracious God, slow to anger, right? He's not angry at us. It's a lesson we had to learn. So we just look at that. We read the verse and treat the verse mm-hmm. like God does not want anything bad to happen to you ever. Yeah. But if you don't <laughs> understand the context, yeah that they are in an exile from the land that God gave us yep. in the midst of a feeling like there is no future yeah. and no hope. God yeah. says through Jeremiah who they didn't listen to and mm-hmm. they only read it after he dies. Yeah. <laughs> right. Yeah. I'm going to bring you back to the land. Yeah. Oh, thank God. Yeah. Well, totally I, different context. That's what's going to be my challenge is sometimes here. Verse of the days are great. Yeah. But the Bible app does a great thing. Whereas at the bottom of the verse, verse of the day, it says full read the chapter. full chapter. I think you should always read things. That's in so context. good, dude. Totally. I mean, it's great. Totally. I have the verse Got today's to verse of the, the day chapter. is Isaiah forty-one. Uh, Do not be afraid, for I am with you. Do not be discouraged, for I am your God. I will strengthen you and help you. I'll hold you up with a victorious right hand. So, but I'm, I read full chapter, and I'm going to go. Okay, what are the five verses before that? What does that say? Yeah. What are the five verses after that? Yeah. What does that say? Because then when you read it in context, yeah. you're digging deeper I beyond mean, surface level. Bro, it was like two weeks ago. I was trying, I was, I was thinking about this and trying to sort it out. And my dad's also a rabbi. Yeah. Been a rabbi um, almost my entire life. Mm-hmm. So I call my dad all the time and I'm like, what the heck does this mean? Yeah. <laughs> and my dad's like, oh, it's easy. <laughs> That's all every time he starts every time he starts a conversation theological, he's like, oh, it's easy. I mean, it took me four years to figure out, but it's easy. It's easy. Listen. Um, so I said, so what's the timeline of Jeremiah and Daniel? And he's like, all right. And he does nothing in front of him. Yeah. Right? He just goes, Well, you gotta remember. <laughs> yeah. Jeremiah wrote this before the Babylonian captivity, at least in part. By 29, he's written a sp- uh, some of it and then he dies yeah daniel is re- you know and he yes. just goes through the timeline and then i just googled while my dad was talking i googled timeline of daniel and jeremiah mm-hmm. and there's all kinds of resources and like charts and maps that you know it takes time it takes time to study it takes time to understand yep. it takes time to dig through and, and for some reason which i think is where you you were going Mm-hmm. digging into things yeah. is for some reason, it's just easier to, you know, hit twenty nine eleven on a shirt. Yeah. Because there's no calamity for me. Yeah. I love Jesus. Yeah. Mm, that's not how life works. Yeah. 
Well, it's interesting that your dad says it's easy yeah. because I wonder, are there so many of us, the reason it's not easy is because we're still battling between study and opinion. Ooh. So like, come on now. Meaning like, well, I heard a pastor say this. I heard a Christian say this. So I heard this when I first got saved and it's so good. I right. mean, I love how he said it. I love how he believed it. Right. And, right. and, and so what we're doing is now we are going, okay. That's good. I need to, uh, okay, I got to find scripture on that. And we're so focused on the opinion that the scriptures do get hard because we're trying to find the opinion in it. Yeah. And sometimes we have to come to the conclusion, even though it was a great thing and the way he preached it and she preached it and he said it and she said it was great. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I can't find it in the book. Well, even, yeah, it's so good, Dallas, but- mm-hmm. uh, I was I was just thinking about I, I preached like five weeks on Acts fifteen, yeah, which is a Jerusalem council where the disciples all gather together to ask, "What do we do with Gentiles?" Yeah, it's basically <laughs> it's basically the question. Um, and I spent like five weeks on it. You know, as a communicator, mm-hmm. you're trying to be super clear, you're trying to take these complicated issues and make them simple. Yes, to communicate it, not so you can tell people what to think. Yes, right, but. I, I've I've like I've started writing papers on circumcision. Someone's got to in college <laughs> twenty five years ago. Wow! I've been writing and reading and researching circumcision, not the f- like actual yeah. cutting. Mm-hmm. I can't do that. That's yeah. another guy. Yeah, but the theological foundation and meaning and importance of yeah. Um. So 25 years yeah, I've been reading and studying and trying to figure out. So I preached five weeks on it and I'm trying to make condenses 25 years of study into simple terms to encourage people to go read it yourself, yes. right? And somebody comments, what you were just saying is somebody commented on Facebook on one of my sermons in that series and said, I love when Rabbi Matt teaches, it's really helpful, but I've also heard really great communicators say that the Bible says exactly the opposite thing. What are we supposed to do? Go to the Bible. (laughs) Well, but not just, and this is the struggle, is not just the words of the Bible, but the context Context. of- The original language. Right. And there's all kinds of things we can disagree on in the body of Messiah. Like we can disagree on all kinds of theological issues, the importance of, and the words. And, you know, I think we can, we, we can disagree. We disagree far more than we agree. The the agreement is in some simple things like the father, son, the Holy spirit. Mm -hmm. Those are the only forms of God. They're one God. Yep. They're three in one and one in three. Yeah. Confusing. Mm-hmm. Sure. Yeah. But some mysteries belong to God. I'm not going to try to explain it to you. Yeah. There's a father, son, and a Holy spirit. And the son is the only image of the invisible God, which means the father has no image. Spirit has no image other than the person of Yeshua. So when Jesus, when people, when the scriptures have God appearing to someone, mm-hmm. it's pre incarnate Jesus. Yeah. He's the same image as he was when he was a man. Yeah. Right. So, you know, the idea that, that the only way to salvation is through Yeshua. Like we got to agree on that. Yeah. 
the idea that his bodily there's the resurrection was bodily, meaning his physical body died Mm -hmm. and the Holy spirit breathed life back into that physical body. And the physical body came back to life. Yeah. There's like a few things we just, yeah. And, and beyond those few things, there's a few more, but beyond those few things, yeah, we can disagree on a whole lot of things and be brothers and sisters yep. in Jesus. Yep. But the study of those things and the um, the understanding of those things, the context, it it you know you should you should listen to people that frustrate you. Yeah. <laughs> you know, we walk around like this guy. Yeah. This guy shouldn't preach because he's a heretic. Yeah. You know. Like I, there's, I, there was a picture of, there was this, you know, on YouTube when it like suggests other YouTubes. Yes. So I was watching some video, probably some theological something. And there was a suggested and it said heretics. Oh yeah. And it was a picture of, it was a picture of Andy Stanley, Francis Chan. Yeah. Stephen Furtick. Yeah. John Piper. Ooh. Okay. And, um, and somebody else. But I was like, None of those guys go together. Yeah. Like none of them go together theologically. Yeah. I mean, there's some things that some of them agree on. Yeah. But you would never really group. And the fact that whoever the YouTube guy was, the fact that you would list all of those guys just means, is it, you're saying Mm -hmm. that all of these people who have dedicated their lives to the preaching of the gospel and the understanding of scripture are all heretics. Mm-hmm. They're all wrong. Yep. And that we should listen to you about it. <laughs> well, I mean, if you want to know what he has to say, we have to click like, <laughs> you know, and you can not like those people. Like, yeah. I mean, there's certain guys I don't really like to listen to. I, there's guys I respect. I mean, Piper's one of them. Like, yeah. I, I respect John Piper for all kinds of things. I just, He's hard to listen to for me. Yeah. Um, Tim Keller, I'd rather read Tim Keller's books than listen to his sermons. Um, I feel some not. people love his sermons. Like, I think there's different yeah. voices, you know, different strokes for different folks. But, yes. but that, you know, I think there's a lot more leniency on, I don't know. I don't even agree with my, all the things I said 15 years ago. 10 years ago. Oh, 100%. Like I go back and think, man, I should have never said that. Like My first message was terrible. My changed. <laughs> yeah. You know, yeah. like if you're not growing, yeah. if you believe exactly the same thing, if you've been a believer for 20 years mm-hmm. and you believe exactly the same things you believed yeah. from 20 years ago, mm-hmm. there's something wrong. Yeah. You're not growing. Well, you're, you're not teachable. You're terminal. Ooh, but it's the reality. If you don't, if you're not teachable, then you're just saying the same thing over and over and over again. And people are just be like, I don't, I don't want a Mexican pizza from Taco Bell over again. Like I want something else. <laughs> like, yeah, right. it's cool. It's back. Also, but- there's no such thing as a Mexican pizza. <laughs> That's not even a thing. I had Taco you I lost Bell you. made it up. <laughs> Taco Bell got us to believe yeah. that they made pizzas in Mexico. Same context. Yeah. It's, it's, yeah. If you go to Mexico, you can't order a Mexican pizza. Because mm-hmm. <laughs> pizzas are from Italy. That's, <laughs> <laughs> that's, that's the whole scene. There you in, go. In Town Nights. Yes. <laughs> <laughs> when he says, uh, what, you know, what did the French give us? And, and, the, and then they say all these foods. And it's like, tell me what food is from America. 
French guy, and they're like pizza, yeah. <laughs> in Italy, Chinese food, China. China. <laughs> <laughs> That's true. Uh, it's super funny. Yeah. 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 So you know when you sing uh, uh, Gyra, mm-hmm. you are like. <sighs> It frustrates me that they didn't just find a Messianic Jew and ask. Well, like, listen. How do you pronounce it again? We're all over the place. And we don't all agree with each other either. But, you know, like I got a friend who's a rabbi in Connecticut um, who, like, speaks Hebrew fluently, studied, like, for real. And I call him all the time. Mm -hmm. And, like, I... Am I saying this right? Is my like cuz I it's not my area of expertise. Yeah. Um and you know, if you're going to broadcast some things to the whole world, just you know, and it, like I like the song. It's in my head all the time. Oh, yeah. Um and I I say I but I think the actual pronunciation fits better, which is Ray. Someone's you got, are enough. I just wanted you to say it one more time because you know I, I, I worship teams can do it this Sunday. And some Israelis probably listening going, bro, that's not how you pronounce that <laughs> word. <laughs> Believe me, I did. I have an Israeli in my congregation and I've put Hebrew words up on the screen like yeah. before and either misspelled it or and they're like, yeah. that's not right. And it's like, yeah. oh, shoot. Well, it's All funny because right, well, I'll be right next time. Yeah. That's not even the favorite part of my of that song. Yeah. But it's the next part. Yeah. And I will be content in every circumstance. Right. I like that more. Right, but see, <laughs> that's the word dienu. Cool. <laughs> that's dienu in the Passover yeah. is I don't need you. This is Yeah. I don't need you to do anything else for me. For you to be God. Mm-hmm. And for me to be a follower of you. Yeah. I don't need anything else because everything you've done to, for me up to this point in my life is enough. Yeah. You have already proven mm-hmm. that you are God and I am not. Yes. And I want to stay there and I'm probably not gonna. Mm-hmm. And God's going to have to remind me again. Yeah. Right. That's all part of the process. Mm-hmm. Um, but I think sometimes we get so stuck on, which is why I agree that part is the best Mm -hmm. is we get stuck on, well, yeah, I mean, you do great things for me, but you know, it's been like two weeks. Yeah. You haven't done anything since. Yeah. So, you know, it's been 10 years since there was a miracle in my life. Why aren't I seeing them now? Mm -hmm. You know, where are you? Yeah. It's, um, you know, and God's like, oh, I've been here the whole time. Yeah. Maybe the miracles that are happening are things you're not paying attention to because mm-hmm. you're so focused yeah. on wanting what you want. Yeah. Um, that you miss the whole thing. Or maybe you're going to have to wait 70 years to really see that promise happen. Or maybe you have to die. Yeah. To not see it actually be fulfilled. And your children will see it. Yes. Right? Your children goes back to the name of God. That's, yeah. that's the, you know, he, he put, he put literally in his name. It's fascinating mm-hmm. to me that he literally put in his name generations. Yeah. So it's not even like, uh, <laughs> he's saying, I will, you know, I'm, I'm the compassionate and, 
and slow to anger. But then he says, oh, I went to Genesis. Then he says, Exodus 34. Then he says, showing showing mercy to a thousand generations. Mm -hmm. That's not just like people. That's a thousand generations. My children, like my generation, my children's generation, their generation, their, like you yep. ne- you're never going to get you, a thousand generations. Mm-hmm. Yet, by no means leaving the guilty unpunished, but bringing the iniquity of the fathers upon the children and upon the children's children to the third and fourth generation. But do you see the, the gap? Yeah. There's a thousand generations of mercy. Mm-hmm. While at the same time, there's three to four generations of sin. Yeah. <laughs> but the three to four generations are something we're always in. Yeah. Because my father's generation had sin. His father's generation had sin. My children's generation will have sin. And there's like, there'll be new sins that'll affect our family for three to four generations. While we're in the midst of a thousand generations of mercy Mm -hmm. and loving kindness and truth for a thousand generations and forgiving the iniquity from generation to generation. Yeah. Like he literally put it in his own, that's his name. Yeah. It's not just an idea. It's not just a thought. Mm -hmm. It's like, who are you? My name is Matt Rosenberg. Yeah. We say, who are you to God? Well, I'm the compassionate, gracious God, slow to anger, abundant, loving kindness, and truth, showing mercy to a thousand generations, forgiving iniquity to the transgression and sin, yet by no means leaving the guilty unpunished, which by the way, that'll go from three to four generations, not a thousand. Mm-hmm. You know, there's this, his mercy and kindness are, you know, so we should be content. Yeah. Because his grace is enough. Yes. His mercy is sufficient mm-hmm. for us. That's good. Somebody needs to write a song, a worship song called Dainia. Oh, yeah. Come on, bro. It's got to be on the next one. Let's do it. Somebody <laughs> at Life Church who writes songs. Let's get it done. Yes. Yeah. Awesome. Well, I think that's a good place to stop. Yeah, I loved it. This, thank you again for having me. Yeah, man. This it's, was a great conversation. It's, uh, it's super fun. And sing all the songs, even the songs that don't pronounce the Hebrew right because <laughs> there's some good stuff in there yep. uh, for us to remember and sing and remind ourselves of who God is. So uh, this has been another episode of Pastor and Rabbi Walking to a Bar, and we will see you next time. See ya. See ya.